I invite you to remain standing for our reading of Scripture today, which comes to us out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. We'll read verses 44 through 53. Luke 24, beginning in verse 44. Then he, Jesus, said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power, from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple, blessing God. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. Anybody else hungry? You know, it's, it's about that time. It's about that time to have a snack. I've got a bag of goldfish here, and these are not just goldfish. This is the flavor-blasted goldfish. Does anybody else... Would anybody else care for a snack as well? Here, Cara, I know, I know you love goldfish. Here too. Who else would like some goldfish? Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Who else would like some goldfish? Thank you. Anybody else? You want some goldfish? Here. You get enough out of there? Roy, you want a goldfish? They... they they, they, they fit your head light and airy. Uh, <laughs> anybody else want some goldfish? Yeah, look. I got to get rid of this bag, y'all. I can't keep it. I can't keep it. Peyton, you want some goldfish? Oh. How about down this other aisle? Howard, you want some goldfish? Absolutely. Look. Goldfish? Yeah, definitely. Keep them coming. I've got a few more left. Who down, who down here wants some goldfish? Jeannie, you want some goldfish? Look, the ones on the front row are waving me down. I'm coming, y'all. You want some goldfish? Anybody? I figured goldfish was a safe bet. So, want some goldfish, Mr. Van? He says no. Uh, they're baked. You don't like these goldfish. Pastor Fran, you want some goldfish? I got like one left. That's my. That'll be lunch later. <clears throat> let me let me do this so I don't choke. Because you know that's coming. So why did I pass out goldfish in church today? Probably what you're asking. <laughs> Yeah, 
Everybody who had your goldfish, you know, now foul downstairs and there's the water. <laughs> I was wondering when that bathroom stop was coming. Why did we share a bag of goldfish today? To speak with grace and love is a witness to the gospel of Jesus. It is like sharing your bag of goldfish. It's like sharing your bag of chips. It's like sharing something of you with others. One of the simplest ways of witnessing to someone is to simply be interested in them. Ask them a question about something that they care about. It's like... It's like turning to someone and simply offering them some grace. Whether that be a literal offering of your, your goldfish or an offering of grace in word and in deed. Sometimes simply saying, do you want one? Can go a long way. Grace-accented conversations give people more than they anticipate and more than they expect. I want to say that one more time. Grace-accented conversations give, more, give people more than they anticipate and more than they expect. They are conversations rich in love, sincere in interest, in, in unexpected sympathy and empathy, in authentic hope and forgiveness. They are conversations which, by the power of the Holy Spirit's miraculous help, touch something soul deep. Words that go where no words can go or have gone before. Words like this are, are salty. <laughs> They're tasty. They are drizzled with exploding flavor. They make a person want more. If I'd have come to you and given you just one goldfish, you'd have looked at me like I was crazy. Because as the old commercial goes, once you pop, the fun don't stop. You've got to have more than one. You've got to have a little bit more. Can I get a witness? I've got a whole gut that says that. Once you get a little bit, you want more. Though some people may not realize it at the time, your grace-accented words are a witness. It leaves them wanting more. And because the words can be filled with salt and flavor, they can give a person a thirst for Jesus that they never realized they had. So we, we've come through the season of, of, of Advent and, 
and in the season of Easter, and, and today is, is the last Sunday of this season of Easter, it is Ascension Sunday, it, it, there was a bumper sticker for the season of Advent, okay? It would probably say something like this, Jesus is coming, look busy. If there was a bumper sticker for the, seat for, for the day of Ascension, it would probably say this, Jesus has left the building. Now get busy. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but the ascension is as much about coming as it is about going. It is about the promised coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. It always follows the day after Ascension Sunday. The Ascension is the preparation for the Holy Spirit. Without Ascension, we don't get Pentecost. And the difficult, and it's about the difficult and wonderful waiting on that Holy Spirit that this entails. You know, in, in these final days of the season of Easter, we are called to remember our calling to be witnesses. We are to hear the Spirit, and we are to perform the gospel. Now, wait a minute. That's a, I've never heard that word used with gospel before. Perform the gospel. Perform goes a little bit further than just proclaiming the gospel. We are to go about the work of the Lord. Performing the gospel starts with the struggle to hear and speak truthfully to one another. While we imagine, perhaps, what it would look like to, to see Christ enthroned, to, see, to be there on that mountainside as he rose quite literally from the ground with his hands like this, I picture the, uh, the, the, the uh, Jesus statue in Rio when I picture the ascension. And, and the lights of the white and, and the glories of the angels singing hallelujah everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah we picture that we sing that while while this may be what we picture on that day and, and what we picture in this time we recognize that that our life even now is lived out in front of that throne that jesus is ascending to our life is lived out in the face and very presence of God. Think about it for a minute. We, we picture this majesty of ascension, this majesty of where Jesus is sitting at the right-hand throne of God in heaven. We hear the angels singing. And then we remember... Our lives are being lived out right in front of that. Hang on, I'll unpack that some more. 
you know, whenever we, we read the news or, or we see uh, the inundation of news such as this week, we, 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 we read about, we live out, we pray about, we hurt with the people who go through tragedy. Something like this senseless act of violence and this shooting in Uvalde, Texas. We see this and then we are reminded of the very evil that is present in this world. And for some people, we're tempted to ask questions such as, why do I even bother? Why do I be a witness? I mean, the, the devil is just going to fight back. So what good does it do to be a witness? What's one life transformed worth whenever this senseless act takes the lives of innocent children? Maybe these are questions that you have seriously wrestled with. I know I have in time to time. But whenever we are tempted to ask, why do we try so hard to witness? Why do we bother? The answer is simply because we stand before the Lord. Because we live with God. Because God lives within sight of us because God is within reach of us and us within God's reach. Our lives are being lived out in front of the throne of God and we must realize we are within reach of that God. We continue to be witnesses because it is that worth it. And because we matter that much to God. Because we are living out our lives before the Lord. So let's talk about this word, this word witness. You know, there may be some different things that are conjured up in your mind when you hear the word witness particularly when it comes to the gospel. You know, you know, it may range from one end of the spectrum to the other, but without getting into details and all the different kinds, I want to talk about the word witness and the way it's used in this context today. The word witness actually has a double meaning for us today. On the one hand, to witness means to see something. It means to literally bear witness to, to see it. But on the other hand, the word witness in our context today means to go and to tell about something. So it's a dual-fold meaning today. It means to actually witness and then to go and do something about what we just saw. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. I want you to think about an example of a witness in a court trial. The job of the witness is to tell the jury and the judge the absolute truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, about what they knew or about what they actually saw. Witnessing about Christ, then, it, it's not about preaching to people. It, it's, it's not about telling them what they should believe or coaxing them to make a decision about Christ even. That's not what witnessing is about. Witnessing is simply 
telling others what we have seen. It is living out our experience of Christ so that others may witness, may see it through us. To witness to the Christian faith is to tell the truth about what we have seen, about what we have experienced. It is to share with others what Christ has done for you. Because, folks, as you've heard me say countless times, perhaps in here, it is not our job to do the saving. That is God's job. It is our God to tell others about what that saving has done for you. Witnessing is being interested in the people that no one else is interested in. It is sharing your bag of goldfish, your bag of chips, whatever you may have, your plethora of experience, your love, your grace, your talent or ability to learn a talent that you can create to share with others. What a day to bless these prayer shawls because it is a perfect example of a witness of Christ. It is about sharing these things with the people that no one else is sharing with. That's what being a witness is all about. Giving someone a taste of Christ when they've never experienced that taste before. And you know, sometimes just one taste leads to another bigger bite. And before long, they're going to want to come to the feast. And they're going to want to partake in the entire menu. And then they will be filled with that power and that presence of God. And the reason they are is because it started with a taste that you shared with them. You may never know exactly what sprouts from the seed that you plant. Sometimes I'm convinced that we're not designed or made to know how our seeds sprout and how far they grow. You want to know why? Because it's not our job to do that. That is God's job. Our job is to do the planting. So how, how much, how many seeds have we planted? How have we experienced the grace and love of God so much that we want to share it with somebody else? That's what ascension is all about. That's what being a witness is all about. There was a, uh, an African-American funeral taking place in a, in a, in a black preacher and and, and, and in this particular service, and, and this is popular in African-American culture, in, in some instances of it, not all, uh, the preacher actually preached to the open casket. Okay, He came down off of and, and preached to the open casket. It could get kind of dramatic. And so in this particular one, uh, he was... He was preaching to the open casket and he said, Clarence! Clarence! And he said it with such authority. Can you picture that? Clarence! Okay, I do not make a good black preacher. I'm sorry. Picture the authority 
and, 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 and that which that comes from that. And the storyteller says, by the way that he called that man's name, he's surprised he didn't get an answer. I don't know about you, but if, had he got an, if I ever get an answer at a funeral, I'm gone. I'm sure you'll be right behind me. That'll be the last funeral I ever preach. You know, Jesus was the greatest preacher who ever lived, but he never preached one funeral. He didn't preach a funeral because he raised the dead. Someone say amen. But he preached to that open casket, and, and he said it with such authority. He said, Clarence, there were a lot of things we should have said to you that we never got to say. He says, you went too fast, and you got away. And then the preacher went down this litany of beautiful things that Clarence had done for people. When he finished, and here's the dramatic part, he said, that's it, Clarence. That's all that there is to say. There's nothing more. And then whenever he said that, he grabbed the top of that casket and said, good night, Clarence. Good night. And then he slammed the lid of that casket. The noise echoed through that sanctuary. He said, good night, Clarence. As the preacher said this, he lifted his head. You could see the little smile starting to come across his face. He said, good night, Clarence, because I know that God is going to give you a good morning. Good night, because I know God is going to give you a good morning. So the question for us is this. What have you seen in your own personal life of what God has done? How have you shared what you have seen with others? When your life is finished here, will it be a joyous celebration because of the work you did for Christ? The question is this. Will it be a good night? And are you prepared for the good morning that Christ has prepared for you? And here's the other question. Who else are you preparing that they may too have a good morning? That is what being a witness is all about. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.